Please turn in your New Testaments to John 14. This is not what's printed. John 14, 16 through 18. And then we'll also be looking at the scripture that's printed, John 16, 12 through 15. But while you're, while you're turning to the passages, let me just say it is T minus three weeks uh, until we move to the new sanctuary. That is so exciting. Uh, that's July 26th. The service will begin at 1050 and Sunday school will begin at 930 sharp. Did y'all catch sharp? We're going to try to really work on that start time for Sunday school and when we move into the new facility. But the other thing is, you know, I kind of use that T minus launch language. Yeah, I'm praying that, that this will not just be a, a, an opportunity for a new physical space and, and some of the blessings of that, but wouldn't it be great if this were an opportunity for God to really open our hearts, maybe a second stage rocket spiritually, um, that the Lord would just really give us uh, an openness to Him by the Holy Spirit and an openness to our community. So that is why, all that to say, the next three weeks, I want us to look at the Holy Spirit. We kept pushing the the back and you know I was going to preach some random sermons but now we got three weeks to really do something with so we're going to be looking at the person of the Holy Spirit and my prayer is that we'll really engage this material and we'll engage him and it will make a difference so John chapter 14 verses 16 through 18 and these are the words the actual words of Jesus of Nazareth and I will ask the father And he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And then verse 16, chapter 16 of John verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and will declare it to you. Now, it's no secret to a lot of you that I love documentary films. In fact, I look for interesting, and if you have some interesting documentaries to watch, let me know. I will watch them. Usually they're about an hour, so uh, it's great. And so I found a documentary a couple weeks ago on the whole phenomenon of Indiana Jones. Uh, and if, are you an Indiana Jones fan? All right, if you are, if you're like, if you're really into it, like you go to like conferences and, and stuff and wear like uh, Indiana Jones hats, you're what's called an indie. And uh, so this film was about nothing but the hordes and hordes of people around the world that are indies and when they all meet, kind of like Trekkies, but indies, you know. And uh, the, the, the documentary is, is trying to get at why would someone travel around the world to these conferences and, and identify so zealously with this series of movies, uh, the Indiana Jones movies. And the answer, at least in the documentary, is that there's something in the human heart that would love to find the secret ark or the secret grail. 
there, there's something in our hearts that thinks that maybe there's something out there that if we could just uncover it, if we could just utilize it, it would make, it would make a huge difference in our lives. And uh, this, this is a dream, actually, that we all kind of harbor. And um, when it comes to kind of human nature, we definitely want the power. We kind of want, want what I, I call the stuff. You know, whatever it is going to make us feel more confident, more powerful, more beautiful, more, more whatever it is. If you don't believe me, you need to ask yourself the question, why is the self-help section of the bookstore have so many titles? Why are those books bestsellers? Because people are, are leafing through the self-help section of the bookstore looking for some holy grail, looking for something that will make their life work. I read a, a, a book about, I guess about three or four years ago. Um, I have a journal called Mars, Mars Hill Audio, which is kind of world and life view teaching that I get every quarter. And so they kind of look at different fields uh, of, of, of like art or medicine or education, politics, and kind of what's going on in the culture these days. And this one was about medicine. And they had a guy on named Carl Elliott. And when I listened to Carl Elliott talk, I had to buy his book. The book uh, is called Better Than Well, When Modern Medicine Meets the American Dream. It's it's, It's a fascinating book that has to do with brand new medicines and technologies that have come onto the scene in the last 10 to 15 years, and they're really multiplying now. Better Than Well uh, has the idea that these medicines are no longer just used for sick people to get well. These are being taken by well people who aren't sick at all. Why? Because they want to be better than well. These are surgical techniques that people who who don't have really any great reason to do this are subjecting themselves to surgical uh, techniques so that they can be better than well. What is all that about? Why are millions and millions of dollars chasing medical drug and procedure enhancements when we're not sick? It's the same thing. We're looking for that thing that will make us feel better. That, that we're looking for that thing that'll just turn it for us. We're looking for the stuff that'll make it work for us. Now, you might ask yourself, so what does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? That'd be a great question. And this has everything to do with the way we kind of interface in our hearts sometimes um, concerning the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often thought of by believers in Christ in terms of kind of where Christians get the stuff. You know, where we get the stuff to make it all work. And a lot of people think that the, the Holy Spirit is kind of the spiritual delivery system where you get the stuff. In fact, there are lots of believers in Christ who, I'd say maybe the majority maybe even, who have all these Freudian slips and keep calling the Holy Spirit it. You know, that, that the Holy Spirit is not a person, it's a substance. And I understand there's, there's biblical language like the Spirit being poured out, like the Spirit coming down like rain or uh, coming down on the disciples in tongues of fire or us being filled with the Spirit. But I want you to know the truth is about me and about you, that we would very often in our lives rather have the stuff from God than God himself. 
And what we really need is not the stuff. We really need a relationship with God. And I got good news for you this morning. The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. And he does make all the difference in the world. And he has the ability to give us everything that God wants us to have for our health and life and ministry. So I'd like to look at three things about the Holy Spirit this morning. By the way, next week we're going to look at the freedom of the Holy Spirit. The third week we're going to look at the power of the Holy Spirit. But this morning I want us to look at three things. And the first thing is is that he, the Holy Spirit, is a person. Um, John 16, verses 13 and 14, that's one of our, our... passages. Could you just, while I read this, listen to the pronouns? I mean, why would we ever think the Holy Spirit's an it if we read this? Listen to this. Now that, now that we've kind of highlighted that Jesus words, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. He is a person and he relates to us. Yes, he loves us. We'll talk more about that. He guides us. He gives us a power. He corrects us. He is with us. And this is someone who really wants to love you. You know, God's not just some faraway God that, you know, like on your best day, maybe you get something from God and, you know, God's just tolerating you. That is not the case. No, he, the Holy Spirit, loves those who know Jesus Christ. He wants to love you. In fact, when you start thinking about the teaching, the guiding, the the uh, giving, the resources, all of this too, it kind of sounds like something Gina and I've been up to uh, about 23 years, and that's like parent. That's parenting, you know. I mean, for 23 years, that's what we've wanted to do with our two daughters. We've wanted to provide. We've wanted to lead. And trust me, very imperfectly. If you don't believe me, you can ask them. They're here this morning, the daughters. I mean, we lay awake at night, Gina and I do like, okay, God, we've ruined them. I'm sure. Um, please let your grace overrule our parenting. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, as much as we love our children, as hands-on, as much as we want to bring that focus and love even more, the Holy Spirit knows you, even more the Holy Spirit loves you, even more this love really is exactly what we need. And then he is the third person of God. Now I'm not going to go into that this morning. In fact, I think maybe the first six weeks of Wednesday night, I think I'd like to go deeper into the Holy Spirit and maybe spend a lot of time one night in talking about what it means for the Holy Spirit to be God. I'll just quote to you 2 Corinthians 3:17 this morning, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So He, the Holy Spirit, is a person. You got that? This is about a relationship. It's not about the stuff. But secondly, this is so interesting. What's he like? He's a person like Jesus. That's what Jesus says. You know, it's like you think the Holy Spirit, woo, this is mysterious. This is like spooky spiritual. No, it's not. No, it's not. Jesus said this in John 14, 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. In other words, another helper like me. 
someone in my place. He'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. You know Him, for He dwells with you, and He will dwell in you. I will not leave you orphans, Jesus said to them and to us. I will come to you. How does Jesus come to us? How do we have a relationship? He comes to us by the Spirit. And you think about this. God the Father loved us so much that He sent the Son. You know, God so loved the world that He sent the Son. And God who is holy, three times holy, and our inability. On our best day, we're still selfish. On our most altruistic moment, we're still falling short of the glory of God. And so, you know, God took human flesh, and he came here, and he loved us, and he died in our place to take this penalty, to erase this this separation that we have with God. The Father loved us so much, he sent the Son. And what we're learning this morning is the Son loved us so much that he sent the Spirit. John 14, it's all about Jesus preparing his disciples for his departure. When was the last time you went to a funeral? If you went to a funeral, you heard these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Behold, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back to you that you may be where I am. You, you heard that at a funeral, right? Well, this is all John 14 is doing. He's preparing them for when he will be crucified, raised, and ascend to the right hand of the Father. And, and this is wonderful because what he's saying is, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will ask the Father, and the Father will send you another comforter, another helper. Some people, some translations say another counselor. And you know, there are people who, who think, boy, I wish Jesus was still here. You know, I wish Jesus lived next door to me or something like that. You know, I wish I could talk to Jesus and he was spatially right there. If I could just see Jesus, hear Jesus, I wouldn't have any doubts or any trouble. Well, you know, there's a problem with that. And that is that Jesus has a human body and Jesus is in one place at one time. He's at the uh, at the throne of God, at the right hand of God right now, proving that human beings, I'm talking about us who believe, will be in heaven because of what he has done. You really don't want Jesus to live in Jerusalem and like to wait in the line. Maybe there'd be a fast pass to get to Jesus. I don't know. Wait in line to like have 10 minutes with Jesus. You know what's better than that is Jesus saying, it's, it's, it's really better if I go because if I don't go, I, I won't send the comforter In fact, I'm about to go and and I'm going to ask the Father and He's going to send another counselor to you. Even the Spirit of truth. I won't leave you orphans. I will come to you. And uh, and God Himself is... He says, you know Him and He is in you. Isn't this wonderful? We're not alone, folks. You know the big question, one of the big questions in the Bible and in your life and in my life, it's, it kind of goes like this. I'll put it in the Old Testament. Where is your God? And they say to me, where is your God? And, and usually in the Old Testament, where is your God? When is that asked? That's usually somebody who doesn't know God and the, the person that has a relationship with God is going through a really hard time. And it kind of feels like this. So... Your God's so great and you're in Babylon. Your God's so great and you're in Egypt. You got, where is your God? And you know, Satan still does that. And in our hearts, we still have a, a tendency sometime, you know, to listen to that. Where's your God now? Let me tell you the good news this morning. The answer is he's here. He's in me. 
He's my comforter. He's the Holy Spirit. He, he is my teacher. He will lead me into all truth. He is the one that will correct me when I need correcting. He, he is the one that will show me Christ and, and, and lift up Christ in my life so that I will, if I will walk with him, I will never be a court low on relationship with that grace. In Romans 8 and 9, the Spirit is actually called the Spirit of Christ. Have you ever noticed that? Let me just read Romans 8 and 9. You, however, are not, excuse me, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Meaning, if you've put your trust in Christ, Jesus and the Father have sent the Spirit into your heart, into your life. Where is God? He is with me. He is in me. He loves me. You know the word in John 14 for another helper or another counselor? It's a great Greek word. It's parakletos. In English, we call the Holy Spirit the paraclete, not the parakeet, but the paraclete. And what it means is so beautiful. Um, God, in the way he deals with us, doesn't just, you know, frontally assault us all the time. It's not, God's just not in our face all the time. Hey, that was good. Hey, that was bad. No, no, the Holy Spirit is parakletos. What this means is there's a tender kind of love. He comes alongside us and walks with us. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? By the way, in your relationships with people, Head on, sometimes it's necessary. Most of the time, parakletos would be really great. And just kind of listen and, and, and know what that person's going through and bring encouragement, bring help, bring some correction if necessary, more alongside than, than just, you know, uh, in front. Ian Coffey, in his book, Deep Impact, which kind of chronicles the... Uh, the, the Bible translators that have gone out into the different areas of the world and they're translating the Bible and there's still people groups in the world that don't have a copy of the scriptures. But uh, there's this great story that he tells about when the, the New Testament was being translated into the Kare, K-A-R-R-E, the Kare language in Africa. Um, and they, they ran into a big difficulty in translating this word parakletos because in the Kare language they didn't really have this an equal concept that really did justice to the idea of coming alongside for help. So they were scrambling, you know, they were trying to figure it out, they were asking the Father. And one day, this is really cool, the, the translators were, were going through the bush and there was a group of porters. Now, you know, there's not just roads everywhere in Africa. So y'all know what porters are? Porters are people that you hire to take your stuff through the bush. Okay? So there's this whole line of porters with big, heavy things on their heads. And they're walking in single file through the jungle. But they noticed there was one guy in the whole line that didn't have anything on his head. Didn't have to carry anything. So they thought he was what? The boss. So they went over and, and talked to the porters, uh, the translator in the Kare language, and they said, look, we get, you know, that everybody's paid to have something on their head. You know, we've paid to get this stuff taken over here. But who is the guy that doesn't have to carry anything? Is he the boss? And they said, oh, no, he's not the boss. He's the guy that um, when one of them begins to falter because they just can't carry it anymore, 
for the whole line, he's the guy that keeps going up and down the line when somebody falters and picks up that load and puts it on the head. And, and, and basically, uh, basically, the porter was known in the Kari language as, quote, listen to this, the one who comes along beside when we fall down. Boom! They had the word for parakletos, you know, for the car. I mean, don't you love that? The one who comes alongside when we just are falling down. That's like daily life, right? It's so dear, this love of God through the Spirit of God. I remember being a new believer at age 19 and then 20, and I was learning, you know, I was learning about God really for the first time. I mean, I knew rudimentary things, but I was learning in more technicolor. You know, about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And one of the, one of the things I read was, was a sermon by Robert Murray McShane called Grieve Not the Holy Spirit. I think you can get it online probably to this day. Uh, I read it in a book. And what Robert Murray McShane just said just, just marked me that day. And it's still to this day. Robert Murray McShane had a, a special name that he came up with for the Holy Spirit. He called the Holy Spirit the friend within. Isn't that great? The friend within. And I want to read to you um, the, the quote that I read back when I was 20. What an intimate friendship this is, McShane says. Can any friendship be compared with this? Another friend may dwell in your neighborhood. He may dwell even in your family. But ah, exclamation point. Here is a friend who dwells within us. There can be, can there be greater friendship than this? Isn't that beautiful? You know, I, I quote this all the time, and I guarantee you I have quoted this to several people here in this room when they lose a person, when somebody dies and they lose a loved one. And, and I've, what I've said over the years is something like this. So if I've told you this, bear with me. You know, as you're processing your grief, and you're just walking with God in the midst of this, and it's just going to take a while, and it's okay if it takes a while, and it's okay if it takes a little longer than maybe some people want it to take. There's going to come a day, and it's not very long from now, when the casseroles don't show up at your door anymore. And there's going to come a day when everybody's not in your house, and they're not always checking in, and there's going to come a day when everybody gets back to their ordinary um, rhythm of life. But here's the thing. The friend within ain't going anywhere. The, the, the one that can give you the, the truest love, the, the most directed understanding of your heart and need and, and what you need is the friend within. And when the casseroles disappear, he is always there with us. So the Holy Spirit is a person. Secondly, he is a person like Jesus. He is another counselor. But lastly, the Holy Spirit shows us more of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, one of his jobs is to make Jesus real to us. Because in our lives, in what we go through and what we're tempted with, sometimes Jesus is not very real to us. So I want to go back to John 16, verse 14. He will glorify me, Jesus says, for he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. What Jesus is saying is that you're going to know more about me through him. His job is to, is to help you understand me better. 
to take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, J.I. Packer called this the spotlight ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that, you know, the Holy Spirit's not shy or anything like that, but isn't it wonderful that kind of his primary thing he loves to do is just throw the spotlight on the Son of God and, and on the cross and on His grace and on His love and just start applying all that to our very lives. The spotlight of the Holy Spirit is not on Himself. The spotlight of the Holy Spirit is on Jesus. He will take what is Christ. He will give it to us. You know, for instance, it is the Holy Spirit that helps us believe the gospel today. It is the Holy Spirit that reminds us, you know, Jesus has died for those sins that you're struggling with. You don't have to be estranged from God. This is already paid for. You don't have to find a way to pay for your sins. The Holy Spirit says to us, this is grace. This is finished. You just come to the Father. You just bring your heart to God. You repent. Let Him forgive you. Let Him love you. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our life concerning Jesus. But He also shows us kind of the working out of the gospel because the Holy Spirit does help us to see as He focuses on Jesus and Jesus' great love for us. If you ever wonder whether Jesus loves you, look at the cross. The cross is the love of God, is the ultimate expression of the love of God. And the Holy Spirit actually takes that and goes further with it and says, you know, you're so loved forever. And this is the very love that you can love people in your world. It is the Spirit of God that reminds us that this isn't just for us. That this is something that God is doing in us and God is doing through us. And you know, it is the Spirit of God that gives us intimacy and immediacy with Christ. Have you ever just gone to your closet and just said, oh, God, what am I going to do? And maybe you cried. You know, maybe you're at a stoplight or on the highway. I'm telling you, I see some of y'all on the highway, and I try to wave at you. But no, you, you've got big concerns. You know, you're not waving at me because your whole world is focused on something driving right there. And I'm like, hey. I bet you, you might have even said, oh, God, I don't know what to do with this. Oh, God, I'm afraid. Oh, God, please give me wisdom. Do you know why that is so wonderful and so effective? There's only one reason, because the Holy Spirit gives us the immediate presence of Christ at the right hand of the Father. He is here. He is the Spirit of Christ. You cry out to Jesus, you cry out to the Father, that He is right there because of the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit lifting up Jesus and lifting you up with Jesus. I mean, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Where is your God? He's right here. He's right here. I've been given the Holy Spirit. He is inside of me. He's applying Christ to me. This truly is the stuff that I really need. I need a relationship with him and what he wants to give me. And he changes everything when we walk with him. I want to quote from R.A. Torrey and then we'll go to the table. And I just will say that Jesus gave us this table and Jesus will be here with us, communing with us. Do you know how? By the Holy Spirit and his agency, there will be an immediacy with you and Jesus through the supper that he's given. But let's read R.A. Torrey. R.A. Torrey said, Is the Holy Spirit some mysterious power 
that we are somehow to get a hold of and use? Or is the Holy Spirit a real person, infinitely holy, infinitely wise, infinitely mighty, infinitely loving and tender, who gets a hold of us and uses us? If we think of the Holy Spirit, as so many do, as merely a power or influence, our constant thought will be, how can I get more of the Holy Spirit? But if we think of Him in the biblical way as being a divine person, our thought will be more like this, how can the Holy Spirit have more of me? How can I give my life more to Him? Now that is what I would ask for the Lord to do in our lives relationally through the Holy Spirit as we move this direction physically that maybe we could open our hearts to the Spirit and the Spirit might open our hearts to show the grace of God to people in our world. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful that you haven't left us orphans. You have come to us. Father, thank you for sending the Son and we celebrate this in communion. We celebrate that very cross. Jesus, Father, thank you for sending the Spirit And even now, as we come to your table, Holy Spirit, would you help the sensible sign to become real portals of that grace which is actual, that we would taste and hold and touch that which is here, spiritually, really. And would you, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus, minister to your people. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen.